Hello and welcome. This is Perspective for Parents. My name is Nick Thompson, and this is a podcast for parents of adolescents. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Anger. That is what we will be talking about today, anger. So, anger is usually a secondary emotion. What does that mean? By saying it's a secondary emotion, what I mean by that is it comes after a primary emotion. So, anger isn't usually the first emotion that arises. Usually, The first or primary emotion is something like sadness or fear, disappointment, loneliness, grief, stress, anxiety, embarrassment, something like that. So when I explain the concept of anger as a secondary emotion, I usually like to provide some examples. Sometimes I like to share examples from my own childhood, my own growing up process to try to make the concept a little more understandable. So one of the stories that I share is I was in eighth grade and I was sitting at a table in the cafeteria at my school and this guy sitting next to me, Brian, he was sitting right there and we were eating and he looked down and it was was a hot day so I was wearing shorts. He looked down and he looked at my legs and he saw that there was no hair on my legs. Brian found this odd, found it interesting. So he was like, oh Nick, do you? do you shave your legs? I was like, no, I don't shave my legs. Seriously though, do you shave your legs? No, don't shave my legs. And he kept pressing. I think you shave your legs. You shave your legs, don't you? I was like, no, I don't shave my legs. Brian stood up after this little exchange and said, hey, everybody, Nick shaves his legs. And began to chant, Nair boy, Nair boy, Nair boy. So if you don't know, Nair is his product, was his product, not sure if it's still around, like that you'd put on your legs and it would take the hair off of the leg or body part. And so he was chanting Nair boy, and the majority of the students in the cafeteria joined in in the chant, Nair boy, Nair boy. So I stood up. And pushed Brian onto the cafeteria table. Tossed him pretty good. So I'll share that story with people I'm working with when I'm trying to talk about anger as a secondary emotion. And the follow-up question will be, what emotion did I show by shoving Brian? And the people I'm working with will usually say, anger, rage. And then I'll say, What do you think the primary emotion was? What do you think was the first emotion that I felt when everyone was chanting Nair Boy? And like 99% of the people, 99% of the time, they guess right. They'll say some form of like, you were probably feeling embarrassed, humiliated, sad. I go, yeah, yeah, that was the primary emotion. Sometimes I'll provide a a hypothetical story. Like imagine in a high school hallway, a guy sees his girlfriend 
chatting with another guy and she's laughing. Um, She seems to be really enjoying herself. She flips her hair, smiles. So the boyfriend sees this from across the hallway, runs up and pushes the dude his girlfriend is talking to into the lockers, yells some form of, stay away from my girl. Okay, so what emotion was shown? Most kids will say anger, rage. What do you think the primary emotion was? What was the first emotion? And the young person will usually respond with some form of jealous. I'm thinking he was feeling jealous. Maybe he was feeling insecure. Okay. These exercises can be very helpful so that our kids can better understand this idea of primary and secondary emotions. So yeah, anger usually isn't the first thing to show up. There is usually a primary emotion or several primary emotions that sit below the surface. To even better understand anger as a secondary emotion, there's a helpful analogy or visual that I like to share. It's called the anger iceberg. Maybe some of you are familiar. If you're not, I'll go ahead and provide a link for the anger iceberg at the top of the show notes so you can take that and use that visual. Okay, so why the anger as an iceberg analogy is so helpful is because, as you may know, the vast majority of the mass of an iceberg is below the surface. So with this anger iceberg, you'll see that the majority of it is under the surface of the water, and this is where the primary emotions are located, below the surface, in that bigger mass. So in that enormous part of the iceberg that is under the water, you will see dozens and dozens of primary emotions listed, such as sadness, fear, frustration, anxiety, grief, disappointment, so on. So that's what's below the surface. What is above the surface? What is above the surface of the water is anger, the secondary emotion. And the beauty of why this visual works so well is because that is what people see. People see what is above the surface of the water, which is anger. People usually don't see, they don't notice the size of, or the severity, the complexity, the reality of what actually resides below the surface. Which, remember, is the majority of the iceberg. So, when the people in our youth's lives, and this includes their parents, when these people do not listen to, care about, use curiosity to investigate, to investigate these primary emotions, we can expect that many of our youth will then use anger to get their point across or to try to regulate themselves. Let's look at that idea of getting their point across. Why is it that so many people choose anger to get their point across, to communicate? 
Okay, to understand why there's this tendency towards anger to get our point across, we have to look at sort of a power ranking of the senses. In our culture, sight is the strongest sense, meaning it is the one we pay the most attention to. If you think about it, the eye is such a specialized organ in humans. So after sight, most scientists tend to agree that the second strongest sense is hearing. So I was thinking about this the other day, and I believe that there is an argument to be made that the anger we will see from our youth is a result of people not hearing, not listening to the primary emotion. Think about it. That's the thing about most of these primary emotions. They may not be that easy to see. It's really difficult. It can be difficult to see stress, disappointment, embarrassment, loneliness. But we all know how to be angry. We all know how that looks. Go up to a three-year-old kid and say, you know, show me how it looks to be angry. At two, three years of age, they'll know how to do it. They know how it looks. You get loud. You growl. You yell. You stomp. You clench your fists. You may throw something, break something, or attack someone or something. On that loud part, you may be thinking, are you angry? Roughly loud today. I'm noticing that. I'll, I'll take it down a few notches, hopefully. Now, if you ask that same two or three-year-old, what does it look like when someone is embarrassed? Well, that one isn't so easy, is it? In fact, let's get out of the, the, the real young kids. Go up to a 30-year-old and ask him or her what it looks like to be embarrassed. Most likely, they won't know how to act that one out either. Another reason why anger is often preferred over the primary emotion is because anger in the moment can feel a lot better than feeling the primary emotion. Why would that be? Let's think about it. Anger usually goes outward. I am angry at a person or situation. The direction is outward, away from me. The feeling may be internal, but the recipient, the thing, the person who is responsible for this, well, that is outward. I can point my finger at it or them. And there's also a sense of control when I know who or what I am angry at. In contrast, those primary emotions, those usually go inward. I am embarrassed. I feel lonely. I am feeling insecure. These primary emotions can be more uncomfortable than feeling anger in the moment. In the moment, this is true. Maybe this goes without saying, but skipping the primary emotion and jumping into anger, it's just not a sustainable approach 
to emotions. And it's definitely not a sustainable approach to living. Our youth, and not just our youth, all of us, need to learn how to better identify and then feel those primary emotions. So we don't always have to jump up into anger. A default mode of jumping into anger, if someone does this, it will cause this person a lot of difficulty. They're going to get in trouble for the things that they say and do while they're angry. They're going to have a difficult time making and maintaining relationships. They're going to be more likely to give up on difficult endeavors. They will blame others too much and struggle to make personal growth, personal strides, to live a successful life however they want to define that. Because the reason that something is wrong in their lives is because it's always somebody else's fault. There's someone, there's something to point my finger at. And that's what we want for our youth. We want them to grow. And the growth occurs when we listen to, when we pay attention to those inward primary emotions. Reminds me of that quote, happiness, it's an inside job. And anger is a secondary emotion makes me think of another quote. Sorry, a lot of quotes. Or maybe this is more of a saying, more of a cliche. But it reminds me of, I won't believe it until I see it. Yeah. It's like many of us won't believe that something is wrong or something needs to be changed or that someone is hurting until we see it. Anger is often so easy to see. So parents... Be interested in, investigate, validate those primary emotions. I hope you can believe it without seeing it. Transitioning to a little education about emotions. Remember, emotions at their core are a signal for us to act, for us to move. Emotions, to evoke motion. And you may be tired of hearing this one, but maybe with repetition, You'll remember it, and I think it's an important one to remember. Emotions tell us to do one of three things. Avoid, approach, or attack. And anger is an attack emotion. What happens in our, in our bodies when we get angry? Well, our heart rate goes up. This occurs so that the heart can push oxygen and hormones into our upper body, into our limbs, mainly our arms and chest. It also sends energy into our fists. It activates and tenses up our jaw. Why would it do this? Well, it activates the hands, the fists, so that you can make a fist to throw a punch or to grab a weapon to attack. It activates the jaw, tenses up the jaw, so that you can take a punch. The crucial thing to remember, especially as parents, is that all emotions, whether they are in an avoid or an approach or an attack emotion, they are all here to keep us safe. The design of all emotions is to protect us from danger. And because anger is so loud and often scary and so in your face, it can be difficult to remember that your child's anger is coming from a motivation to protect themselves. 
It may not be to protect themselves physically from someone or something, but nowadays anger is often used to keep ourselves from feeling something that we just don't want to feel. To protect ourselves from an emotion that we just don't want to encounter. Okay, so that was part one of this look at anger. Hopefully that provided some understanding of of what it is, why it's there, and how it can be unhealthy to not acknowledge and feel those primary emotions. In part two, I'll be jumping into what to do. Okay, anger is here. What are the interventions? What are the tips that I can share with my kids so that they can better manage this anger? I hope you're able to come back for part two. Thank you for listening. If you found this podcast useful, please subscribe, rate, review, and share with a friend. If you would like to find more information about this podcast or my upcoming presentations, please check out my website, perspectiveforparents.com. Spelled out, that's perspective, the number four, parents.com. Thanks again.